0: Hello everyone, this is Kerwin and my buddy, this is Kushro, and uh, welcome to episode number 17. It is Thursday, June 16th. Uh, we should have met up on Sunday, I think it was, but we've just been busy. Um, you know, you'd think with, with, with COVID, we'd be, we would have lots of time, but, you know, life continues uh, as much as we can. So, um, we have a bunch of news this week. Uh, There's um, the airlines, you know, they started their schedules, but they've kind of pulled them down again because we're having spikes uh, all over the United States and in some foreign countries as well. Um, There's travel restrictions all over the place. But what we're going to start talking about today is uh, we're going to talk about some aircraft movements and then we're going to talk about. and then we're going to talk about some airline movements. So let us start off by talking about aircraft. And Koshio, um, we, we, we've had this for like a week or two to talk about. Um, the first thing I'm going to talk about is, is uh, COMAC is doing um, triple delivers, And Koshio is going to explain what COMAC is and what all this one is about. So go ahead, Kosha.
1: COMAC is the, the Chinese boeing essentially and this is actually about two weeks old but uh not entirely out of date because this week air china started service with their arj-21 so here's the background for the first time ever um at least in comac history they had their triple delivery of their arj-21 which really i mean not to sound too cynical is a ripped off DC-920, but China insists. It's um, brand new from the ground up, designed by supercomputers, but uh, you look at it and it could not, it, it is mistaken for a DC-9. And given that China used to manufacture the MD-80 and the 90 in China, this is hardly a surprise, but anyway. They've repositioned this as um, a regional jet. And uh, so they had their first delivery of three aircraft to three different carriers on the same day. And I thought that was moderately interesting and I wanted to include it. So these were Air China, China Eastern and China Southern. Okay. So this is an aircraft which is about 90 seats, uh, mostly all Y. And what I found interesting is that um, it's referred to by the, I believe it's called the IATA code, as the ARJ by some Chinese carriers, and the uh, by other car- by one other carrier, um, which is uh, I think it's called Chen- Chengdu Airlines, mm-hmm. as C twenty seven. So I'm not sure how this happens, but I guess they're allowed to rename the aircraft with two different identifications but anyway That's um good. no i just thought it was interesting that uh, this um, aircraft was delivered to three carriers on the same day and it hasn't really been a success for airlines outside of china not surprisingly because uh china southern for instance has had to establish or has chosen to establish yet another airline called OTT for this aircraft type. And I'm not entirely sure if any of the carriers really needed this plane, but I guess they had to order it um, to satisfy the government or whatever. But I found it ironic that a lot of routes that this aircraft is flying are to cities in Inner Mongolia for whatever reason. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but there you have it. So, um, mm. so yeah, they've got about 590 orders, which sounds pretty substantial. They're all life. from carriers within China. And they're not the large ones, for instance. Um, Chengdu Airlines was the launch customer, followed by Genghis Khan Airlines, and also Jiangxi Air. And so Air China, China Eastern and China Southern become the three uh, heavyweights to really operate this aircraft. Yeah. And uh, as I said, it's new, but it's out of date. Don't mean to again, sound cynical because they had planned to, um, it took them from the first flight in 2008 to uh, Delivery after eight years. So um, the engines are these CF-34s that are used on the CRJ fleet, Bombardier CRJ fleet. So they're not the most efficient. And, uh, of course, that's reflected in the fact that they had a lot of bugs and glitches that they had to work out, which accounted for the eight years between the first flight and entry into service. Hmm, okay, But um, no, I just thought this was an interesting topic to cover because we don't really get to cover or talk about Chinese manufactured planes very often. Now, of course, they have this 929 coming up. The same so company? we'll see how that goes. Yes, oh, okay. which is the 320 yeah. competitor. But that's nowhere near completion or even entry into service. So this new plane—it so, um, looks. Sorry, this new plane it looks a lot
0: similar to the DC9. You say two engines identical. at the back. No, oh, okay. two engines at
1: the back. Um, it's it really. If anyone saw a picture, you'd notice the engines that they look a little different from the DC9, of course. Yeah, but it's interesting. I thought the wings are made by Antonov, which is in Ukraine. Oh, so it's not exclusively a Chinese uh, manufactured company. Aircraft, but still, um, most of the plane is manufactured in China, Hmm. and also the the some of the avionics comes from the West. But um, um, yeah, but it is a complete
0: DC nine knockoff. (laughs) So So, it'll be interesting to see if anyone from this side of the of the aviation outside of China yeah what is it um is it because i mean does boeing still make the the um, 717 the 717 no no okay Mm-mm. so then no so. yeah that, yeah it'll be interesting i guess we have, i guess we have to watch this one to see to see what happens and it is interesting is like you said that they actually delivered it to three airlines at one time but i'm guessing that that's probably political why they did that maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe interesting. so, I, so but, this is another era that we're going to have to do a whole section on um, Chinese aviation because the thing is the aviation around the world they're different in different parts of the world and so um, it, it, when you go to that place like Beijing or even when you go to Tokyo or um, South Korea it's very amazing to see all the different airlines that you just don't see from this side of the world so uh, yeah, yeah that would definitely be good so uh, in, in keeping with the, um, sorry, in keeping with the airlines or the aircraft, um, what's going on with the Boeing 737 MAX? I mean, there's been a few cancellations again, right?
1: Actually, few is putting it mildly <laughs> because they have had, um, let me find this out because I have so many numbers in my head. Um, I'm going to read this out because it was... So overwhelming to hear 3000 numbers, like in March, for instance, they lost 150 orders for the max. In April, they lost 108. And in June, they lost another 92. Wow. And um, a lot of these, so just to back up a little bit, year to date, June 2020, Boeing has lost over 460 orders for this aircraft, which is not really impressive after losing 182 in 2019. But that could be excused because most of those were from jet airways that collapsed in 2019. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So, um, but no, some of the carriers that have canceled are significant like air canada for instance because they had switched or professed to switch on the 320 through the to the max they've canceled um so has oman but now a lot of these have supplemented these cancellations with orders for the 789 or the 787 i should say rather
0: yes then
1: china's canceled a lot now i don't know if that's political or not Then um, Avalon, which is the big leasing company out of Ireland, has canceled about 75 of them. Brazilian Gold, which staked its future on the efficiency of the max, has canceled 34. um, And the list goes on. But the big leasing companies are the ones that have canceled in bulk. Yeah. So... um, Another big one was Norwegian which had 92 cancellations and that may have been financial because they're sort of on the skids and yeah. uh, having a hard time so but what Boeing I think is really worried about is fly dubai because after southwest they are the largest order they are the largest carrier to order this with 250 right. plus so um i'm not sure they can really because airbus is pretty much booked for several years yeah, right. for the exactly. 320. exactly so i would imagine a lot of these carriers are locked in if they want their delivery slugs beware yeah. when they were expecting them and, and you know so but you know kusha the interesting thing
0: about all that is um, we i mean we know that boeing has a lot of planes on the ground and um, so they still have a lot of planes to deliver That's that, right. that they've already created and they're just sitting there and they need to retrofit and deliver them.
1: Um, yep. That's going so, to be a logistical nightmare. Yeah.
0: I mean, they're parked all over all over Seattle, really. <laughs> all <laughs> over park- the world, actually. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm talking to ones that haven't left the airports yet. Uh, I haven't left Boeing. Boeing yeah. Field yeah. Yet. yeah. Um, well, not Boeing Field, but the Boeing area. Because when I went up to Payne Field, there was a lot of them parked parked in Payne Field.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, plus, you know, oh. the ones that Southwest have and American and United have that need to be uh, fixed. But so these are orders that were on the books. But it's difficult not to terrible. say that people just canceled them because of financial reasons rather than them just not wanting to wait this long to get the planes
1: plus um, they may not even need them anymore right. like norwegian
0: right you know because so, they, they've cut back a lot people aren't flying and you know just based on the last i guess the last week or so um i don't see aviation coming back to anything substantial for at least a year um at least you um, a lot of carriers are saying 2022 yeah, I mean, at least no. because when you when you think about it, like, we are not flying across the Atlantic, you know, there's like three flights, from New York to London, which is crazy. Um, and despite the fact that Europe, some of Europe is opening up, um, most Americans uh, can't go. One, we're, yeah. on a level, we're at a level four. And two, a level four means do not travel international or it's recommended not to travel international. And two, um, a lot of the countries are not accepting uh, people who have been living in America with uh, U.S. citizenship um, because we have outbreaks everywhere. We haven't controlled COVID yet. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, some of that is financial, and I don't even know if it's because the airplane is still being fixed. So it's kind—it's of, kind of hard to say because airlines will just be like, "Oh well, we're having the money. We're going to, we're going to cancel these anyway." But I mean,
1: Airbus is not out of the woods though because they're also laying off several thousand mm-hmm. people because aircraft airlines have sort of canceled deliveries of their planes. Right. So, so, it's really a fine but I think Boeing, yeah, yeah, it's really At least awesome. for Airbus and it is yeah. for the Boeing customers as well. Mm-hmm. Because all, all the airlines are
0: feeling the same pinch. Yep. So, in, in talking about, uh, so, you know, we're going to continue watching the there There probably going to be more cancellations. I mean, let's face it, they're parking older planes anyway. Um, so, they're probably going to be uh, more cancellations. And while, while some routes people are actually flying, others people aren't going anywhere. I know I've seen some of my mm-hmm. friends in Mexico, so I know that people are flying to Mexico. And people are flying to the Caribbean. Um, but then there's also quarantine measures there as well.
1: Um, Mostly leisure destinations are making some yeah. sort of a comeback because no business market is going to. It's doing well, apparently.
0: Yeah, and, and which, so, which makes sense, right? I mean, the, is just, well, oh, the companies are laying out people because they're not making money. But some sectors of the worldwide economy are, are still going and are still making money. They're just doing it so, online. <laughs> um, okay, so one funny story, uh, well, one funny story, but a real good story that uh, since we're talking about aircraft is the, uh, the 748. There' been a special sale of a
1: 748. Uh, tell us about that. Yes, this one got my attention because it, you don't hear about these type of planes going on sale, um, but it's a Qatar Amiri flight. It's the. There, that it's not an airline, but it's sort of a subsidiary of Qatar Airways, Mm -hmm. and it caters to the royal family and senior government officials. Ah, okay. So this was a two thousand twelve manufacture seven four eight, but it's essentially brand new because it's only had about a thousand flight hours and three hundred cycles, so takeoffs and landings. That's nothing. Um, and um, it's. Equipped for 89 passengers with 18 crew. And of course, it's got the most luxurious interior um, setup you can imagine, with everything on demand um, and electrically operated, even the windows. Apparently, that's too much trouble to you to do manually. So there are electrical shades. So, but it's parked in Basel and it's available for sale. And what I found a little weird is that um, Qatar seems to have this habit of buying these aircraft and then giving them away. Oh, because in 2010, they gave away uh, 748 to Morocco. Uh-huh. Um, and then fairly recently, I think it was in 2018, they gave one to Turkey, to Erdogan, because he, well, supposedly, because he had supported Qatar in the embargo that they have with the other Middle Eastern states. Mm -hmm. So they buy these aircraft, and they seem to get rid of them, but yet they keep the the older 319s, the 320s, and the 343s. I don't know what's going on there, but um, anyway, if you're interested, head off to Basel, where you can view this plane. Okay. And the interior, by the way, Uh Took two years to complete, and it was apparently used as they, as the sales brochure says, used by executive VIPs outside the royal family. Hmm. So,
0: interesting. So, so, how how much is it? (laughs) Well, if
1: you have to ask, you cannot afford it. Ah, darn! I thought so. (laughs) So, but they say a list, the list price of a stock seven four eight is. About 350, 370 million currently. But wow. with the luxurious interior appointments, I'm guessing well over 400 million. Does that include the engines? <laughs> I would <laughs> hope so.
0: Because <laughs> I know normally when they but, price the airplane, they don't price them with the engines because you get the engine, you know, you can get whatever engine you want.
1: Whether yeah.
0: You're like or Pratt or someone like that.
1: But I think. Um, you don't have a choice on the seven four eight, if I remember correct. Are they They've brands, got a a monopoly uh-huh. with the G, with GE the on GE, the engine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it would be interesting to see choice, who so buys this. Yeah. Wow. So. Oh. Yeah, so cool. but this was a recent listing. Yeah. It's called a VVIP BBJ, <laughs> so it's like an alphabet soup. So it's like a very very yeah. VIP, huh?
0: Um, no. As you mentioned, Basel. Have you been to Basel? No. So uh, this is a, a oh, it did, you know, I, I, uh, it's irritating that we can't go anywhere internationally. Um, so Basel is, um, it's, it's on the border of uh, Switzerland and France and Germany. Um, but the airport, uh, Basel Mulhouse, is actually on the border of France and Switzerland. And so when you when you arrive, um, the airport is literally there's like a border running through it, and on one side there's actually a fence mm. um, okay. that, separa- that separates the two, except I think it's just there for the for the uh, because it's actually borders the airport, <laughs> it's an airport thing, but when you go in, they ask you okay, which country do you want to enter? And you have to choose whether you, whether you want to enter France or you want to enter Switzerland. It, but it, it doesn't matter because as soon as you go back out, you go, you go back to the, same, to the same thing. So it, it, it's very cool and I think you'd actually like it. Um, myself and I think it was Linda and I went and we had, uh, we had such a blast, but just so you know, Switzerland is super expensive. Um, but you can take the yeah. train. You can take the train. There's a train that goes between Basel and um, on the Swiss side and uh, Malhouse on the French side. So it's very, very cool. Highly recommend it. Um no. I think the train had to go through, but but there was a train somewhere there. Um, all right, cool. So if you if you want, if you're looking for a seven four eight, you know where to find one. Uh, all right, so let's talk about airplanes, uh, airlines for a little bit. One of the big news um, that basically just happened today is that American and um, uh, JetBlue are jumping in bed together, which when you talk about strange bedfellows, uh, this is a strange one. So what are you hearing?
1: Well, it's round two, actually. Yeah. Because the first one was in, I believe it was 2010, um, where they linked their... Um, well, they had coach share and limited frequent flyer partnerships together, and I think of that and that that was disbanded in 2014. And I think that was um, when American really needed feed um, for their long haul flights out of the Northeast. Yeah. But then they acquired US Airways, they merged with US Airways, and they didn't need JetBlue anymore. But anyway, this is just um, I, I believe it was announced today. And it's out of Boston and uh, New York areas. So where they're going to do a full-scale code share and frequent flyer reciprocity agreement between the two carriers. Now, remember, this is the second big American decision. And I always thought they had, they were sort of like the sleeping giant, if you will, for all these years. Right. But I think they were awoken with a root shock when Delta raided LATAM um, in South America, because right. they had this huge agreement with um, American, and that may have sort of provoked, them, provoked American into getting aggressive. And so after the Alaska, uh, not acquisition, but agreement, and now to follow it up with uh, JetBlue, uh, the American seems to have its mojo back, and I hope that continues because after years of retrenching at New York JFK, they're now adding flights because of this agreement with JetBlue, which I find a little surprising considering they have Philadelphia quite close by and Charlotte not too far away, but um, they're going to start um, Athens and um, Tel Aviv from JFK and then yeah. also Sao Paulo and uh, Rio de Janeiro on a seasonal basis because of this agreement. Yeah. So I guess uh, one, one advantage for customers is that JetBlue Mint passengers will now have access to a lounge uh, at Boston, but I don't know about JFK because the, lounge, the American, American Lounge is at, I believe, T8. A JetBlue's at T5. Yeah, and they're not... So... Yeah, it's different. They won't be able It's to. not... I mean, they could do an airside transportation, yeah. but it would be a little bit of a hassle because now BA is co-locating to T8 with American. Which makes sense. And then Alaska's joining them, which makes yeah. sense again. So I don't know if there will be space, actually, at T8. Or, uh, and JetBlue's they, got a large presence at uh, JFK. Yeah, they have so, a five. Um, so. Hmm. so now the passengers will have a range of options, especially for the Transcons. Because you have the American 321s with the new um, cabin, business cabin, the first cabin, rather. Mm-hmm. And then you have JetBlue with the mint cabin. So. so
0: hmm. I mean, because I, I see I Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, plus
1: JetBlue is going to expand at LaGuardia and Newark.
0: Yeah. So. Hmm. I, I mean, and this is all still subject to government approval, right?
1: Yeah, but yeah. I don't know if these things ever get rejected. But one thing they've said is that um, JetBlue will not join One World like Alaska's done. Yeah, right. And it will not join the partnership with IAG, which is BA and Iberia and elengus yeah so and they're still going to do their own transatlantic flights in 2021 22 yeah i don't believe all no. that
0: yeah <laughs> I, know. I don't believe all that because no. what's the point right what is the point of you doing this big thing if they're not going to be a part of the whole joint venture um that ties in with all the other partners because that's the whole idea that's the whole concept yeah. right so my guess is yep. that they're doing this in stages. They're like, well, it's too much to ask. Not, they will never approve us being so big. So let's go ahead and do this now. And then once we are comfortable with each other, we get all the systems working properly. Then we'll go um, for the whole thing. It was kind of what happened with Alaska, right? I mean, it took yeah. a while to No, but that, that to almost
1: join. seemed directed at Delta. And this one too. Yeah, because... Delta's big at JFK too,, yes. and this seems to like provoke: Yeah, but Delta almost. but this goes on all the time. all
0: the time. and, and Delta has um, their head screwed on, right? So um, yep, I don't I don't think. I mean, it's basically and now like, I wonder what: Sorry, it's not like you have a brand new airline just formed, right? It's basically you, they're just combining traffic from two yep. airlines. Into one. So it's not like they. Seamless
1: gonna, experience is what they're
0: calling it. Yeah, whatever. Um, all the airlines say, no. say seamless. Stuff. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, no, it's okay. All the airlines say they have seamless thing because it's a good marketing word to have. Um, so yeah, and all that means that, yeah, you can jump on a JetBlue flight and you check your bags and you connect to an American flight and you pick up the bag down the road. You don't have to recheck as you go through. But that's normally interline agreements. But now they'll actually be pumping up boarding passes and things like that for you, which should work properly. But when it comes to upgrades and things like that, you get all kinds of stupid stuff that, oh, you know, you can only get upgraded if you're on the American program or if you're on the JetBlue program. So I don't believe the whole seamless thing. Sorry, I'm being
1: silly. But now what, what, what are United and Delta going to do? Because there are really no other carriers of equivalent stature to partner up with unless they go for the spirits and the allegiance but I don't see that I don't see them doing that but I don't think they or Southwest do you think that they need to? generally airlines have these competitive responses yeah yeah, but you
0: don't they don't need like United already has a network uh, the Starline it's a huge hub in North. Delta already have a huge
1: network but not in the US though no Star Alliance partner in the U.S. Yes, they've got a Canada.
0: Well, well, right. But, 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 but then the network that United have, yes. the network yes. that Delta have, is an amazing network, right? It's so is um, American, though. Yeah, so. But. Yeah, I mean, and I, I can't see JetBlue still going across the Atlantic with the JetBlue product, because now you'll have the JetBlue product, you'll have the American product, you'll have the Iberia product, you'll have the BA product. Um, yep. Kind of waste a kind of a waste of money. Uh, if if yeah. the whole idea behind the joint venture is to save money.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. It could be also strategic,
0: though. Uh, I mean, yeah. but yes, the bottom line is saving money. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it it, it really is, and it's so much, and it you know as we know behind the scenes. It's a ton of work to get done, and yeah. the the American just announced they're going to lay off people, and I'm pretty sure that's that right. JetBlue is going to lay off people um, as well because the market yeah. is going down, and BA is already laying off people on the other side. And normally they lay off the people who have all the knowledge because those are the ones that cost them cost them the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. But you're not being cynical, of course, aren't you? I'm. I'm not being cynical at all. (laughs) (laughs) We know it is that we 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 know how the industry works, and when we see these things, we know that there are holes in it, right? And it looks good. It's big headlines, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is cool!" But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, So, but interesting. But still, they shook. I never expected this at all. I didn't either. I did not either. So and I I've flown JetBlue, but I haven't flown their Mint product as yet. Mm. Um, it's supposed and, to be excellent, actually. Yeah, I've heard that. I, I mean, you know, mm. I, I I'm American. I'm gold with American. So um, if you know if I can get an upgrade to Mint, then I'll take it. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> so that'll be interesting to see. But you know, I mean, Delta is doing an amazing job, and. Um, They, I I just don't, I mean, they have a huge network. I don't see this getting any traffic at all from Delta. Um, Because the same people that were normally going to fly Delta will still fly Delta. Now, yes, the people that have been flying American are going
1: to fly. Remember, it depends on pricing. Everything depends on pricing. But yes, there's a certain loyalty, especially for the top frequent flyers. Exactly, exactly. And Delta has done a lot to United though. JFK. Right, yeah, but United now with a, no presence at all at JFK. I don't know how that could do, but you know, if they're going to go back or not. But Newark worked
0: right because remember when when Continental yes. didn't have a, presi- a president, a presence in JFK, they did fine, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, they some,
1: did have a flight though from Houston, wasn't that oh, one, they had a flight from
0: Cleveland? This is that one flight that just like yes. why, why do you even have that one flight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah, so it it'll be very interesting to see to see what happens, um, and I know that in the, in the United marketing they're always like they um, they always say New York slash North, so people yeah. know that they're actually going going to North, and actually um, transportation from New York, it's a little cheaper though because it's 13 dollars $13 on the uh, New Jersey Transit train from Penn Station to um, North. And um, you get you get to Newark Station, and then you take the, the air train. But going from New York City to JFK, it's like two dollars and seventy-five cents, and then you pay I think an extra five dollars to get in the air train. So it's seven
1: seven seventy-five. Right, but remember you're carrying bags as well. Um, so I don't know how many passengers would take the tube, the subway. Actually, in two. New York, quite
0: a few of them do, uh, because you know what happens. So, when you get when you get off the train, you end up in Jamaica Station. So I, I was I, I I thought about that too. But there's a lot of people who actually do take do take the trains.
1: When they yeah. maybe there. for U.S. I don't know, but for long haul or international long haul, but when you're probably loaded with bags. No, they do. I don't know. I would not i wouldn't I wouldn't take the
0: train, but i've seen them because i've actually ridden
1: yeah I'm that, sure that yeah.
0: j f k thing all the way to the to the thing, and i've taken it a few times i'm annoyed at them because they charge you five dollars um and I just don't think it's worth it to yeah. do that, where you can take the bus and the bus is only two seventy five and you get a free transfer yeah. <laughs> um, sorry all right, cool. so that's what's going on in the new york area uh, and that's that's the biggest news that we have um today so Let's continue with uh, JetBlue because we have some other news, but um, we're going to try to keep all the domestic stuff and then we'll talk about international after. Um, So JetBlue is leaving Long Beach?
1: Yes, that was the other big news uh, last week because JetBlue established Long Beach as their West Coast headquarters, their hub. Yeah. And then to have them move... um, To LAX, I'm sure Long Beach is not happy at all. But um, no, (laughs) uh, I guess they figured it was easier to consolidate traffic at um, LAX because they will have. They currently have, I think, thirty flights a day from um, LAX, and that's going to jump to over seventy when they move fully, because Long Beach is not really served that well uh, from, with a lot of carriers. I think it's just Southwest American and Delta at Long Beach, but, um, but Long Beach mainly served intra California or West coast, um, with the exception of Las Vegas, all those flights? No, Uh -uh. all those flights, except for Portland are going to transition over to LAX and uh, so yeah, they're going to move about 150 staff. So eventually the LAX crew, the LAX ground staff or the JetBlue staff will number 700, which is pretty substantial, I think. Yeah. So then they're going to have Burbank and Ontario as Los Angeles area airports.
0: I don't oh. like, I don't like it. Something sounds fishy um,
1: because uh, so Long Beach. Well, One of the, th- was that, sorry to interrupt, but, but Long Beach has a lot of restrictions on flights because it's in a very um, urban area. So yeah. they have curfews and all that. And LAX doesn't have any of that. Yeah. So but, that may play some aspect, but I would imagine the fees at LAX are much higher than they are at Long mm-hmm. Beach, and it, but it they was, probably yeah something
0: something doesn't sound good um, because it was JetBlue that actually made Long Beach what it is because Long, Long Beach yep. so Long Beach was built the same time in the same era that the Houston um, the 1940 air terminal was built in Houston Hobby. Okay. Yeah, and so if you look at the two terminals, uh, I, uh, I if I can put a picture in here somewhere if you're all, all are watching it. Um, the two terminals are very similar. It's, it's the usual... That's interesting. Yeah, it's the typical airport like, like airport box with a control tower on top. So that's the typical... No, that's airport. where
1: McDonnell Douglas used to be based. Yeah. Where I used yeah. to go watch the DC-10 MD-11. Ah, those are the good days, right? Uh, and the C-17. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. I haven't seen one. I haven't seen a C seventeen in ages. Um, but, oh. but yeah, So they made Long Beach. Oh, if you ever go to Long Beach, there's a rest. The rest is a restaurant upstairs. So it's back in the '40s. You could just you people would go to the airport to have lunch, and the the air terminal style uh, did that. So they had a restaurant, and you could go in the restaurant and have lunch while you watch the planes. That was the whole idea. And so, um, have you been to the 1940 air terminals here at Hobby?
1: No. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, we should try to do that. It's, it's, it's very cool. They even have a, a continental museum. Uh, we have, like, all okay. the, the flight attendant um, stuff and the memorabilia and things like that in there. It's very, it's very nicely done. And so the, 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 the Long Beach one was built it in a similar similar fashion. Um, and Jet was the one that went out there and kind of developed it. And made it what it is, yeah, and the carriers came in, so the fact that they're leaving
1: I yep, sm- I smell a rat there <laughs> so, but I do want to say that l a um the l a area is the largest o n d um destination in the world, really? so yeah. most so yeah, that's a part i i did not know that you mean so flying within the l a x area yes. To and from LAX, uh, more people um, end up or start out from LAX, LA area than any other OND uh, city pair in the world.
0: Well, you know why. So, so let's look at the airports. There is uh, uh, Ontario. Yeah. And, and Burbank. Los Angeles, Los Angeles is really wide. So there's Ontario, Burbank. Um, yep. Uh, SNA. And isn't, yep. isn't isn't that the Disney one?
1: Um, Orange is County, Anaheim.
0: Yeah,
1: it's not. Yeah, yeah. One of them but is that's the Orange County.
0: County. That's, Orange that's Orange County. That's Orange County. County right? ont Yeah. John Wayne. Yeah, John Wayne. Sna. So Sna yeah. is the is the one that is a Disney one. So that could explain that because a lot of people flying for Disney. Um, and so there's LAX, ONT, SNA, Burbank, and Long Beach. Yeah. So there yep. six of them. Um, and the other, other place so, I know that has six airports is London because they yeah. have uh, South End, London City, um, That's right, That way, Heathrow. Uh, um, wait, there's one more. I know there are
1: others. Yes, there is Newton, stansted Luton.
0: Luton and stansted, stansted. Yeah. yeah. So those are the two that, uh, oh, they okay. both have six airports. New York, I guess New York has six as well. Because they've got um, Newark, LaGuardia, Islip, JFK, um, White Plains, and Stewart. Yeah. And so yeah. those three big cities have uh, big airports. And, and also, um, and a little plug for the website, uh, I've set something up called uh, nearby airports. So if you go to PassRider.com, I guess it's slash nearby dash airports, you can actually put in the city and it'll tell you all the airports that are in. So if you want to go if you need to get to New York and you can't get into JFK, then you can go to LaGuardia or Islip or um, White Plains or Stewart. And uh, then you just take local transportation in. Um, but, yeah, so that digressing about, about Long Beach. I didn't realize that about L.A., that's pretty amazing. Um, but I guess it makes sense because Disney, a lot of traffic goes into the Disneyland, right? I think it's the one that's out there. Um. Mm. All right. Good deal. Oh. So, so they're out of Long Beach. Um, we can do, we can probably do one more domestic. Oh, we, have a, we have a few domestic, but let, yeah, let's do, 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 do Okay. We have two more domestics and then. Uh, we can talk about Aeroflot. Um, we can, well, but we can do Aeroflot. I, I'm going to put all the international ones together because we have a number international. So I think. What we'll okay. Be, We'll, we'll wrap up this episode with the two more domestic airlines, and then we'll do another with all the international airline stuff because we have quite a bit of internet. Okay. So okay. Um, let's talk about Breeze delaying yes. the inaugural
1: flight. So that was, that's David Needleman's sixth carrier. Sorry, his fifth airline. After Morris, WestJet, uh, JetBlue, and Azul in Brazil. So they were supposed to start with um, A220s mm-hmm. next year. And uh, uh, actually, they were supposed to start in August this year with at least um, Embraer, e- Embraer 175s and 190s okay. from Azul, I believe. And so that has been pushed, surprisingly, uh, to 2021. But I bet that may be pushed a little further. Pushed again, yeah. but. Um one thing that I found interesting is that this carrier will have no or will have very, very limited um, access via phone. Everything a passenger needs for his or her journey will be available either through um an online service or through the app. Mm, okay.
0: And so there's
1: going to be minimal staffing required at airports and at or customer service at headquarters or wherever they choose to locate them mm-hmm. so as it says in the release there was no need to call the carrier all questions are answered through an app website or kiosk and they're expecting fewer than 50 staff per airport with some backup and so what they're targeting is to have nonstop service between smaller cities for instance Bozeman in Montana to uh, Sacramento, or Pittsburgh to Sacramento, or Plattsburgh in New York to St. Louis, and uh, one difference between this and let's say JetBlue is that there's no seatback entertainment. It's all going to be streamed to your own um, device. Yes, so that cuts down on aircraft weight, and um, also I think very unique is that all his planes are all breeze planes are going to be available for charter, for instance, for sports teams. So that's a very lucrative business. And uh, now he's not quite sure about Wi-Fi. There may be a charge, but they haven't, that hasn't been decided yet. And it's going to come across, it's going to have, as he calls it, low cost first class, but it's going to be only on some routes and not the others. So they're going to have a subsection, a subfleet, if you will, of mm-hmm. the A220, ultimately. And uh, he says that he's only going to need 50 passengers per flight to break even on each flight. Now, again, this is all 2020 numbers. So a lot of that will change when operations really start. Yeah. But it's headquartered in Salt Lake City. Of course. But I don't know if the hub is going to be there. Yeah, but oh. as it said, as if it's a point-to-point airline, there may not be need for a hub. Yeah, so
0: I'm I'm anti people. Well, not anti people, but anti leaving people out of the equation. Um, because the piece you mentioned where he says, "Oh, you know, uh, people can do everything by the app," but crying out loud, not everyone knows how to use the app. So basically, what he's saying is that we're only targeting people who have a phone to to fly my airline. Yes, you know, I say that being um, from, I guess, the generation, I think I'm one of my generation X, whatever they call it. Um, But I hate when people take people out of the equation, right? Because the computers can't solve every problem. And there yeah. are there are going to be problems. So don't tell me that I can't call to have somebody to fix something, because the computers are zeros and ones. So and travel, as you and I know, is not just zeros and one. So it'll be interesting to see how this concept uh, works. Um, I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, I'm sure he's thought this out because none of his carriers have really failed. Because even Morris bought by southwest uh yeah well i'm sure he's yeah but
0: but i i wouldn't know know what's going on Uh, and speaking of morris air so when i started um when i started in aviation um the revenue management system that morris air used is the system that we used to use at the first year second airline i worked And we actually, Mm. yeah, we actually took that and developed it more to create what we had and what we needed. So small world. (laughs) Um, All right. So, so Breeze is is supposed to be happening. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, People won't give a crap. All they will do is just go fly it because it's cheap. Um, And then they'll complain about it.
1: Also convenient, right? If you're from a small, small smallish city. Yeah, so,
0: um, and, and Bozeman, the, the thing about Bozeman is that people just drive from all the neighboring cities into Bozeman, and then they'll fly from there to wherever they need to go.
1: But um, it's interesting that that's one of the first city they're going to serve, Bozeman, Sacramento. Yeah, I guess so, it's scheming? I don't know. But we'll yeah, figure it out. We'll
0: find out. And I'm guessing uh, Sacramento, because it's, it's a government, it, it's a capital Right. California. Bozeman, right. I think that's the most central place that's not a main city because Billings is the main is the main one. And Bozeman actually have a really nice airport in Bozeman. So... Um, okay. But most of the people just drive to Bozeman and then they can... It, it actually encompasses a very large area. And I think that's probably why they picked... There's enough... Pittsburgh, I can understand. Pittsburgh and St. Louis.
1: Yeah. yeah so enough- because they were x hubs Mm -hmm. so yeah um all right so so we will see and these aircraft are brand new so they're extremely fuel efficient i guess he's counting Mm -hmm. on that too He is
0: a really very smart guy but i don't like the fact that you're (laughs) you're leaving people out because the whole idea of creating airlines is to create jobs for people and then when you think about it it's like well, a whole bunch of airline people are out of jobs now. So hmm, we're going to see how this works. Um, all right. So we're probably like at the hour mark. So what I'll do is that uh, I'll close. We'll close this episode and then we'll do another one with some more domestic because we have a few more domestic stuff and then some international airline stuff. So, um, So there you have it. This is the end of episode 17. And we had a lot to talk about. Normally, when we start this episode, we're like, oh, we'll talk for half an hour. An hour later, here we are. (laughs) So, Kusho, thank you so much for your input on this episode. Yep. And uh, this is Kerwin and... Kusho. Signing off for episode 17 of What's Happening in Travel.